0: The sun rises. It will rise every day without fail. Even on the days the clouds block our view of it, it is still there. You too can rise. My name is Joanne Vandervies and I am the host of this podcast, The Sun Rises, Hope for a Bigger and Better Life. I am here to share your journey with you and to support you through the tough times. Let's go. Let's get started. Jenny, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast The Sun Rises Hope for a Bigger and Better Life.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about your story? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I guess my story. Um, so I really kind of found my joy a few years ago. And I, you know, it's something that's really important for me to share because. You know, it came from a place of uh, dealing with chronic illness and chronic pain and being very miserable and, um, and, and saying something has to change here, you know. So maybe I'll take you back a little bit and then you can kind of, I can share kind of how I came to this. So um, I had chronic pain since I was a child, really, for a very long time. And I never knew what it was and never, was always kind of brushed off um, as nothing was wrong. And, um, and then when I was a teenager, I got my period and it was really painful. And, you know, I had this back pain. That's kind of the first thing I had, this pain in my back and in my leg. And you know what, and it would get worse with my period. So we kind of thought, okay, well, that's, it's all related. And then this kind of continued, and it just kind of kept getting worse, but I was const- still constantly told there was nothing wrong. And then, um, you know, I was noticing it impacting more and more of my life, but I didn't feel like I had a reason to stop because there was still nothing wrong. And then about four years ago, I had a surgery and I was diagnosed with endometriosis Um, and this explained some things, but it didn't explain everything. Mm -hmm. And after the surgery, everything went more downhill. My periods were more painful. I was in constant pain, pelvic pain, back pain, leg pain. And I couldn't sit in a chair. I couldn't lie on my back. I couldn't, you know, the minute I leant over a sink to do the washing up, this pain would be there so quickly and so bad. And I tried every single thing I could think of, you know, every crazy therapy, every, you know, hormonal treatment, pain medication, you know, whatever it was, if some, you know, if there was a chance it could help me, I tried
2: it. And it just, nothing worked, nothing stuck. And
1: even things that were supposed to help the endometriosis might help the pelvic pain, but this nerve pain wasn't getting any better. And I ended up having another surgery for endometriosis. um, And, you know, it was found in many places and the surgery was successful. But when I woke up from the surgery, my leg was numb I couldn't feel it and I couldn't move it
2: Uh oh
1: yeah uh oh and um and I remember I think it just (laughs) it goes to show how long I'd been dealing with weird things in my body because I didn't even panic at the beginning I was like oh yeah it loses feeling all the time don't worry about it and then on the fifth day this doctor walked into my room and said so let's talk about this paralysis and it was that word as an like, excuse me, <laughs> we don't use that word in here, what are you talking about? And it was really only after the fifth day of not feeling my leg that I was started to be taken seriously. And they did an MRI and they found um, a lesion like on the uh, pelvic nerves. They basically said to me, this is a really crazy surgery
2: we can't do it here is it you know speak to a psychologist if it gets worse a
0: psychologist for
2: nerve pain
1: okay continue yeah okay (laughs) so what do you want me to do do you expect me to live with this for the rest of my life and at this point the feeling had started to come back and I could move it was more of a limp than a walk you know but I could move and they went yeah okay now you can get out of bed you can go home and you know I just felt my my goodness I'd worked so hard to get to this point to have you know another surgery to find a team that I felt comfortable to do
2: that with and now I just felt it's like I've got to start all over again And I,
1: through my own research, I found someone who specializes in this type of surgery. I got in contact with them. um, And I flew out to them because they weren't in Germany on my own in a pandemic to have this crazy surgery. Um, And uh, we had thought that it was, or it could be endometriosis of the sciatic nerve um and when I got there it was like actually no it could be a few things um and it ended up being a um a nerve entrapment so there was a vein that was in the wrong place probably since birth and it was so big that and I guess it had just kept growing that it was pinning not only the sciatic nerve, but all of the pelvic nerves on that left side or the sacral plexus. And that's why every single time I moved, it was so incredibly painful. And so they removed this vein and I woke up from this other surgery. My leg was numb again, but this time it was planned. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then it was really a process of learning to walk properly again and, and You know, it took a long time for, you know, it was like, I would say it was eight to 10 months before it started to get better. And those eight to 10 months were so painful. But at least I had an answer now. At least everything made sense. And I was moving towards an end date that was in sight rather than a, knowing this isn't going to be this bad forever, but I have no idea when it's going to get better.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And yeah, I mean, that's kind of a little bit of the kind of medical side of things. And and in this really long period of not knowing what the issue was and, and how to help, you know, there was a point where I had to stop working. My whole life basically imploded and and for a long time work was really the only thing I had done because I didn't have the energy to do more than that so I would go to work and I would sleep and, and that was it and so my entire identity outside of pain was my job and when that wasn't possible anymore it was
2: like who am I outside of this job you know it was really a such a loss of identity and having to get comfortable with my own feelings
1: which I didn't like you know there was so much to unpack and I had to say to myself like I realized I was miserable and when I was in this pain it was so unbearable and you know and you would understand this but like you're three days you haven't left the sofa you're in an agonizing pain and these thoughts start coming in your head of this is pathetic. Why can't you just get on and do it? Why, you know, like, you know, everybody else is going and living their life. Why can't you just do that too?
2: And I, for the first time I noticed these thoughts and I thought, hang on a minute, that's not very nice. And I had to notice these thoughts and notice this dialogue that I was having myself and the way that I was talking to myself. And I thought, I have
1: to be on my own team. This has to change. And there's so many things in the situation right now that I can't control, but how I feel about this is something that I can improve. And so I said to myself, I've got to, I promised myself that I would pick one thing a day that I could be grateful for, or that could bring me joy. And at first it was really hard. Like sometimes it was like, really? I have to pick a whole thing. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, it could be as simple as I watched something funny on TV today and I laughed. My coffee tasted nice this morning. That simple. And then that one thing started to turn into two things, started to turn into four things. And I had built this muscle memory of being able to find more joy in my life. And it made me able, like better able to cope with so many of the hard things that were going on. You know, it's like when I was in a really big
2: pain flare, I didn't need to panic anymore. I was able to just kind of accept that this is really hard and it's okay. And I can give myself the
1: grace to just relax in this time until it's over. And I also, you know, I noticed that when I was able to be more mindful and able to find some enjoyment in my day, there was a decrease in pain to a point, you know, this kind of, stressing and panicking with that gone, it didn't feel as overwhelming and the pain just felt a little bit more manageable. And then when it kind of stopped getting better, it it hit a plateau. I was like, okay, well, whatever's left, that's something physical and I need to attend to that. And that kind of gave me more conviction and more energy to be able to go into an appointment and say, no, I know this, I know my body, I know this to be true. And it also helped me kind of reframe things of like, it's not my body that's letting me down. Like my body and I are on the same team and we're figuring it out together. And my body is working so hard for me and how grateful am I to be able to, you know, have something that's working on my team. Um, And so, you know, it was those reframes that really helped me, you know, tap into, you know, the energy to keep going, because sometimes, my goodness, it's exhausting to be sick, it's expensive to be sick, it's sometimes so demotivating, when you wait three months for an appointment, and then you get there, and it's nothing like you expected, and you walk out feeling lost, right, and sometimes we really have to like, oh, I had to, I had to take breaks. It's like, I'm really sick and I need help. But this help, trying to get it, trying to be listened to is so exhausting. So I'm going to have a month where I don't have any appointments. I'm going to have a month where there's zero expectation.
2: And then I'll, you know, I'll live to fight another day. But building that relationship
1: with ourself to know that we're in the driver's seat. Right. You know, like everybody's going to have an opinion on how, you know, how we're improving and if we're moving fast enough and if we're doing the right things. And I felt like living up to the expectations of other people was so overwhelming. You know, it's like, OK, I'm trying this new treatment or I've had this new surgery and people go, OK,
2: so you're better now. Right. It's like. Mm, no. <sighs> no. OK, so what can I do? I can
1: say, I you know I respect everybody's opinion, and I can listen to them, and then I can take what feels good for me, and that's what I can roll with, you know. And and that really was very empowering to say, I'm allowed to I'm allowed to follow what feels good to me. And I think so often you know when we lose our job and and you know money is tight and we can't leave the house and so many of these things that we used to take for granted are gone we're like we then think also that we have lost our
2: our power too you know and i think no we still have a brain we're still smart we still have our intuition
1: we still have our knowing that things You know, this is not forever. Even if we're dealing with something with our health long term, we still always can find better ways to manage it. We still always can find different ways to look at it. We still always can invite more help and support and joy from people around us. You know, I had to learn how to ask for help. I was terrible at it. And it's a very humbling thing when you have no choice but to ask for help because you literally cannot do it by yourself. It is is very humbling. Yeah. And learning to receive, learning to accept that help. What a wonderful lesson that is.
2: It's a hard one.
1: It's a hard one. It's a very, very hard one. But it's also hard for the person on the other side that wants to help you and is seeing you struggling and can't help, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing that you're deserving of that help. For me, that was why it was so hard. Because you are, just because you're sick or just because you're going through something difficult doesn't mean you're less deserving.
2: And that's a really, really important thing that I want people to hear because
1: even if your life is not moving as quickly as other people's, it doesn't mean it's less productive. No, even if you're not achieving the things that
2: other people are achieving tangibly, doesn't mean that you're not growing. And, and I think people that have gone through difficult things and come out the other side, or you know, learn
1: how to grow, within these difficult things, they have so many beautiful lessons and insights to share with the world. They have so much value to add. And even if you need to do it from your bed or your
2: sofa, it doesn't matter. Well, that's that's a powerful
0: story. A lot of which I can relate to Mm -hmm. because a lot of the ways people deal with chronic illness and people deal with people who have chronic illness are very similar, Mm -hmm. even though each situation is unique. So you mentioned earlier that you would tell us how you got your joy back. Mm
1: -hmm. Can you speak
0: a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I touched on it a little bit Mm -hmm. with, you know, trying to find one thing a day that brought me joy. And it really all came down to building this relationship with myself, which I also said, you know, it's like, and it started with, okay, here are these thoughts that are not very nice.
2: At first I'm just gonna notice them. And then when that got a little bit more comfortable, here are
1: these thoughts I'm saying to myself that are not very nice and I can stop them.
2: I can say, no, no, no. I don't wanna say that to myself. And then when that got a bit more comfortable, I could notice these
1: thoughts coming, I could stop them and I could replace them with something nice. But I couldn't do that at the beginning because I didn't believe it. And I could say, instead of saying, you haven't left the sofa today? I could say, I'm proud of you for taking the time out to rest and allowing yourself to do it in peace. I'm proud of you for doing that hard thing of
2: cancelling meeting with a friend because you knew that it was not the best thing for you, even if it was hard to do. And it can start with just giving ourselves
1: actually the recognition of how much good work we're doing even
2: if it's behind closed doors and no one sees it even if it disappoints other people's expectations of what we're supposed to do that's
1: something to be so proud of and you know and healing is uncomfortable because we have to do it you know it takes us being comfortable with our own emotions and our own feelings You know, Mm -hmm. it's private inside work. And sometimes we can think, oh, it's so hard. Nobody's seeing it and nobody's getting how hard I'm having to work and how hard it is just to get through the day. You know, there's sometimes with chronic pain, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next five minutes. But you did.
0: I like that meme that keeps coming up, at least in my feed, that says, So far, you've made it through 100% of your bad days. It's true. And that's uh, a unique way of looking at it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, you know, I think once we start to actually recognize how many good things and how much value we're bringing to our day every day, it's much easier to see the joy. You know, it's really a shift in perspective because I think the joy is already there. You know, it's like a light switch that turns on. And you're either looking at things and, and, and looking at how difficult and, and hard they are, or you're looking at things and looking, you know, there's always silver linings. And it becomes a domino effect because you either go one way where everything piles onto each other and, it's, and it feels heavier and heavier, or everything piles onto each other and you go this feels a little bit lighter. I'm taking the heavy backpack off. I'm taking the shame off. We carry so much shame of
2: being sick, of not being enough. When we allow ourselves to just peel it back a little bit, there's so much light under there. And, And the joy really just comes with becoming
1: more our authentic self that's all it is i believe we all have so much joy inside of us and we just have to know how to tap into it and know what what our individual recipe for joy is right just like you say that everybody's chronic illness is is individual so is our joy and we're allowed to like different things to other people Mm mm-hmm And so we have to figure out what our personal recipe is, what makes us happy, what we love doing, what, you know, we can't wipe a smile off our face when we talk about is, and and what brings us purpose, what makes us feel
2: fulfilled. And, um, And really for me, it's like also, joy is in these,
1: it's in this journey. You know, it's not a destination. You know, say happiness is not a destination. but But it's the same for joy too. It's in those little moments. And as you can find more of those little moments, then you are rewarded with big moments. You get to have those. And you realize that it's just you weren't looking in the right places for them. It's a very, you know, it's a hard line to find, you know and and this juggling between we can hold grief and we can hold joy in the same hand Mm -hmm. it's very difficult you know and so I'd gone through so much personal growth from being sick and I came back and I was trying to step back into my old life when I had changed yeah and I also think that you know before when I was trying to avoid any kind of feeling of you know being sick or accepting you know that actually maybe I had limitations then and now that I had priorities of rest and my health you know my priorities of what actually gives me purpose has changed too Mm -hmm. because I'm not looking for external validation so much anymore you know I think naturally you know we all look for it sometimes but really I really like myself now I couldn't have said that a few years ago I really like the person I am that's and I awesome started, it is awesome isn't it amazing it is you know? awesome from what I've seen of you I like you too oh thank you <laughs> but um yeah and I you know, I started this podcast mm-hmm. uh, and like you, I'd never done it before. I, <laughs> I, was like, I listened to a few and I really enjoy that, but how do I, you know, make it? And um, it has been incredible. I love making it. And it's been so long since I've been excited about something in this way. And that's how I know I'm onto something good. That's how I know I'm on to something that I need to be doing because mm-hmm. it fills me up in a way that is undeniable. And I've met so many incredible people and I'm just at the very, very beginning of this podcast adventure. You know, and I launched in January. It's called The Art of Finding Joy. And it's because I want to share this incredible joy that I have found with other people I want them to know how fantastic this feels and I'm talking to people just normal everyday people about what brings them joy and how they feel fulfilled and how they prioritize their own happiness over doing all the things that we're supposed to do And this balance is such a big thing. (laughs) I'm still not very good with it. You know, if I feel good, I want to do everything. And then, you know, and and so I would say, you know, sometimes a friend would say to me, oh, well, um, are you doing too much? Do you need to go home? And it's like, and now I can say, today is a, a soul day. You know, sometimes you've got to do things that are good for the body and sometimes you've got to do things that are good for the soul. And if I'm out, you know, I know that maybe tomorrow and the day after I'm going to have to take it easy and I accept that, but that means that I'm going to make the very most of this day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy every moment of being out. I'm going to breathe in that fresh air. I'm going to laugh with my friend. I'm going to enjoy the steps that I'm taking because I'm moving in my body, something that I couldn't do for so long. And even if it's only five minutes, rather than the hours that I would prefer it to be, it's still five minutes more than I could do before. Mm -hmm. And isn't that wonderful? I get to take those five minutes of steps.
0: That's awesome. You've given me some serious things to uh, think about and how to rethink some of this. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jenny.
1: I have so enjoyed this me
0: too i've like i said i've got a lot that i can um work my brain over at least i can do that while i'm sitting in my lazy boy Mm -hmm. and all the best to you and your podcast i had just closed it so that i didn't have as many things open on my thing but i bookmarked it first because I had read that and I didn't realize it was you. But I'm like that's one I have to listen to. I'm going to have to go follow her. So um to all my listeners, join Jenny Russell, can you tell us again where
1: you can be found? Yeah, so it's the Art of Finding Joy podcast and you can find it on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts as well.
0: well that's awesome. Well, thank you. And I hope you have a
1: great day. And to you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks.
0: That's it for this episode of The Sun Rises, Hope for a Bigger and Better Life. If something really spoke to you today, if you have questions, or if you know someone who would be a great guest, please send me a message. I look forward to joining you on the next episode of The Sun Rises, Hope for a Bigger and Better Life. Have a great day.